Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you all. Um, just a, really a word of thanks for everyone that both organised and um, helped out the Family Fun Day yesterday. It was a, a good day, went well, um, pretty exhausting. Um, I didn't think I'd get asleep when I got home with a, a two-and-a-half-year-old, but um, I managed to persuade Gideon to lie on me and watch Peppa Pig while I had a bit of a sleep, and then um, while Gemma, well, Gemma, who was 35 weeks pregnant, was cooking dinner, so... Um, I didn't really feel guilty. I, I was quite enjoying my sleep. So, but yeah, just a, really a word of thanks for everyone that, that took part in that. It was a, it was a good day, and uh, yeah, everyone enjoyed it. I think so. Um, so we, we're continuing our, our study in, in Matthew 22 this morning, um, and we're coming sort of to the end of this this chapter, chapter 22. The reading comes in the middle of, of Jesus being tested and questioned by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, and so I suppose the end of, of, of the passage that Mark brought to us last week, you know, Jesus was continuing to be questioned, being tried. Um, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were trying to catch him out um, and, um, and testing, testing him. So we'll continue that passage this morning, Matthew 22, starting at verse 23. It's also on the screen, but if you have, have your Bibles in front of you, it'd be great to, to use those as well. Thank you. So Matthew 22, starting at verse 23. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there was, um, were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died. And since there was no children... He left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brother, right down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, is, like, this, is, is like it. Love the, your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, how is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one can say, no one could say a word in reply. And from that that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you, as Desmond's already spoken and prayed, Lord, that we thank you for your word. We thank you that it teaches so much about you and about how we need to live our lives in, in glory and honor to you. And as we come under your word this morning, maybe I pray personally that I will speak your words of truth this morning, that it would be your word for each one of us, both a challenge for myself and also for us all as we are here in this place today. Pray that your word will be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it does seem to be a relentless thing that Jesus is going through, so being questioned, being tested in, in, in what he's saying. And I, and I suppose this goes on through, through quite a lot of his ministry journey, uh, and certainly as we see when, when Jesus is tried before, before death, he's, he, he's there being, being tested. But we know that Jesus, who is completely, completely innocent, is, is sentenced to death. And we, we, we know that you know, Jesus died on that cross for us, for our sin. But really, I don't, I'm not going to explain in, in so much detail today of what, what the actual passage means. But basically, the Sadducees argued the idea of the resurrection. They were ignorant, ignorant of the scriptures. They were ignorant of the, of the power of God. The Pharisees continue... They, they, they didn't believe who Jesus was. So they didn't believe he was the Christ, he was the, the long-awaited Messiah. But the answer is that, that the Lord is both David's Lord and David's son, so, so he's both God and man. But they refused, they completely refused to see who Jesus really was. But really, what I want to focus on today is, I, I suppose, following Jesus' example... So following what Jesus is saying in this passage or how, how he's behaving in this passage, how do, we, how do we stand up for our faith? So following Jesus' example, how do we stand up for our faith? And how do we answer difficult questions? How, how would we react if we were in Jesus' position? And how do we react, react today when we are you know, tested for our faith, maybe in the workplace or at home or the different things that we go through? So how, how do we answer questions when we're put to the test? So Gemma and I are currently doing a, a devotional together on, on, and looking, going through the, the book of Acts. And one day the, the, the devotion said this, part of it says this. It says, members of the early church endured prison, beatings, exposure to death, stoning, shipwrecks, sleep, sleeplessness, hunger, thirst and nakedness as a result of proclaiming Jesus as Lord. Instead of quitting, they, they rejoiced when they suffered for Jesus. Most of us have never been flogged for our faith, but we shouldn't feel guilty about that if we haven't endured such persecution. Rather, we should be challenged to stand up in our current situation. So God placed us in this time, in this place, that his name might be glorified now. So the devotion says this. It says, are we boldly carrying his name in every area of our life? Or are we hiding again behind apathy or, or comfort? So it's a real challenging devotion, isn't it? Are we standing up for Christ or are we hiding away in, in the comfort of maybe this country that we live in? So we need to make a stand for Christ to speak up for him, as in Jesus, is Christ, Jesus Christ's example in this passage today. But really, my thought is, where does, where does this all start? Where does it all start? What is the... The, the center of all this in, in the way we, we stand up for Christ? What is our motivation? 
And I, and I would say, coming back to the passage this morning, looking at verses 34 to 40, it is about love, isn't it? It's about love for Christ. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and in other passages it adds heart, soul, mind, and, and strength. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's our, our motivation, isn't it? That's, that's what we strive to do, isn't it? Is that right? A bit of congregation participation this morning. So what does that actually mean? So loving God with, with everything that is in us, our whole being to praise the Lord, I think, in, in one of the songs that we sing. So love the God with, to love God with everything that is in us. So loving God means total surrender, totally surrendering our, ourselves to him. So I'm standing here this morning not because you know, I, I'm, I'm being challenged myself in, in how I stand up for him. You know, how do I stand up for him when I'm in, in the workplace? And do I keep quiet? Probably I do. You know, I, someone, one of my colleagues keeps on asking, you know, when it starts raining, that I, I should speak to the weatherman. No, why don't, why don't I stand up in, in the workplace and say, well, I do know the weatherman, and um, you can know him too. And I don't, I don't say it, do I? So why, 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 why aren't I standing up for him? And I'm standing up here in this, in this platform saying we should do it. But it is, it's hard, isn't it? It is hard. So loving God means total surrender to him, a total commitment of our will to him. So one commentary says this. It says, man's first obligation is to love God with the totality of our, of our being. So if I ask you this morning, do you love God? What would you say? You'd probably say, many of us would say, yes, I do love God. But if we're honest, do we, seek, do we always seek his will before ours? Do we seek his desires before our desires? Do we seek his desire completely? Maybe not all of them, but maybe some of them. Maybe sometimes better than others. So our motive is to surrender ourselves completely to him. So do you surrender your life to Jesus Christ this morning? Would you call yourself a Christian this morning? Would you call yourself a follower of Christ? Is, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? So we need to continue to choose to put off our, our sin, our self, our, um, and give ourselves completely over to him. To love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So everything about us, everything about what we think, what we desire, everything to love him. And by doing that, we will experience God's love and be able to take that love to other people. Take his love to the people around us. So with this central um, theme of, of loving God with, with everything about us, how do we take that? How do we, to, how do we stand up for him? So following this example of Jesus Christ this morning, who's put on the test, who's, who, who's tested in, in what he's saying. And I'm sure there's, there's times in our lives when, we, when we're tested, we're questioned, we're, you know, what does a Christian believe? What does, um, you know, what do we think about certain th- things in, in, in Parliament, in, in decisions that are made that are maybe outside of, 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 of the church? But how do we as, a, as Great Parks or as a, as a church, a fellowship of believers not just here, but across the world, how do, we, how do we make a stand for him that standing by the, 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 word, the word of God? So the word of God is the only true 
true word. So any words that come out of my mouth it are, I pray that words that, that, that God has, has instilled into my heart, but the word of God that we read this morning is, is his holy inspired word, which we'll come on to in, in a minute. But four quick points I um, just want to look at. So one is, is scripture. One is, and the second one is chosen. Number three, confidence, uh, confidence or courage. And then four is about prayer. So looking first at, at scriptures, Jesus in this passage, verse 29, if you have it in front of you, um, he replied, Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. So, really, my question on this bit, first of all, is really, if you were tricked or tried to be caught out for what we believe, as Jesus would, as Jesus was, would you be able to stand up for your faith using the scriptures? Would you know what the Bible says about various things? And I know that Christian life is all about, you know, it, it is... It's all about us learning continually, isn't it? And learning in our experiences. You know, I know more than the Bible, hopefully, more about the Bible than I did when I first became a Christian. But that's about reading it continually, even if you don't understand some of the things which it says. But what do we know about the Bible? We know that it is God's inspired word. It is written by, by him through, through other people. All scripture is God-breathed, as it says in, in 2 Timothy. What else do we know about the Bible? It's also part of our armour. Ephesians 6, if you want to look at that when you get home, but one verse says this, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So the soldier had only one weapon, which was the sword. So the Bible really is our, is our weapon against spiritual warfare, um, against you know, all the realms of, 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 of evil. And Hebrews also um, talks about the word of God being alive and active. So we need to rest on the authority of God's word. For, the, for there, in, in God's word there, only is the answer to man's, to man's questions. Do we, do we, when, we, when we listen to things, when we, when we question, do we go back to God's word? Do we, do we, do we look at that and, and what it says? Do we question um, using God's word? So how do we learn about, about more about the scriptures? What, what do people think? How do we learn? A bit more, a bit more audience participation. Read it, yes. So we read it. Um, but we ask God to reveal his word to us. So, you know, do we, do we you know, many of us probably do devotions and, and, and read the Bible every day, but it's that really getting, getting in that, into that relationship with Christ, isn't it, about... Um, asking God to reveal his word to us. Some of it is, is so complicated to understand, but we need to ask God. We need to be in that, in that, in that act of, of prayer, of, 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 of talking to him about his word and asking him to reveal his word to us. So we do that. We do daily devotions. We, we study. We, we come to church on a Sunday morning um, to listen to, to sermons, and we do Bible studies. But really... A couple of questions, really. Um, do we challenge ourselves to learn Scripture off by heart? I know we, we, we do memory verses, don't we, with the children, but it's so important for us as adults, isn't it, to learn those passages off by heart. 
Do we talk about the Bible to each other? Do we talk about the Bible to each other on a Sunday morning? Do we challenge one another? Do we, do we challenge one another and say, what, you know, how is God speaking to you this week? How, what have you been reading about him in, your, in his word this week? How is, God been, how is God working in your life? Are we eager and excited to learn more about God through his word? Are we excited to come to church on a Sunday and draw near to God? Just a few uh, challenging questions. Um, so, the sec- so that's the first part, so really about, about the scriptures. Um, the second um, point is, is, is the word chosen. And um, I listened to quite a few songs um, going, work, going to work and back um, in the car. And one song, song I've been listening to this week, one of the lines says this. It says, raise up a chosen generation that we may, that we may march upon the land. Raise up a chosen generation that we may march upon the land. Now, do we march upon the land? Do we make a stand for Christ as as individuals and as a church? 1 Peter 2 says this, But you are a, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness. So declare his praises in every part of our life. In our home life, in our working life, in our life with our our friends and, and, and colleagues. So as Christians, we are to be a holy people. So like Israel, we have been set apart from the world for, for a relationship with God and to fulfill his purposes. So our holiness is not just about being different from our neighbours, but also our devotion to God's mission through us. So holiness means, means being set apart, being different, being not the same. So, so in, in that context, do we, do we stand as a church being set apart? Are we confident in being set apart from, him, um, from the world? So as God, as God calls us into his marvellous light, we take on his character so Jesus himself called, him the light, called himself the light of the world. But Jesus calls us that too. We are the light of the world. So we are set apart and we must let our light shine for him and not blend into the background or to be camouflaged. So your ambitions, your actions, your affections. So if, if your ambitions, actions and affections resemble the world, your light will go out. But if your ambition is to please God, if your actions seek to bring him glory and your affections match the heart of God, you'll be a bright light in a dark place. And certainly that's you know, my prayer and hopefully many of our prayers this morning that maybe in, in my workplace that I will be a, a bright light in a dark place with people that don't know Christ or are doing things in business that maybe I don't agree with. But how bright is your light shining this morning? Do people you meet see something different in you? Do people you meet see something different in you? Or do you blend in? Do you blend in or do you stand up for, for Christ? No matter what the cost. Okay, so we'll move on. So we've looked at scriptures. We've looked at um, chosen 
Um, so now the fir- third one about, um, about our courage. Our courage. So the Greek word for courage means boldness or confidence. So Christian courage is, is the willingness to say or do the right thing regardless of the earthly cost because God promises to help us. So do we have that courage? Do we have that courage to stand up regardless of what people think of us, what people do to, may do to us? And we know that in certain parts of the world that, that Christians are standing up for their faith regardless of their, their own life sometimes. So Christians cannot ignore parts of God, God's word because maybe they're unpopular or they cause division. Our commission is to proclaim Christ and all he stands for. And we believe that all he stands for is, is God's word, God's holy, inspired word. So this is, this is what the church's presence in the world is all about, us standing up for him, but also showing other people how to become, in, how to come into, into the family of God. Paul said this, really, really well-known words, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. For in it, the righteous of God, righteousness of God is revealed. So we live in a world where nobody likes to make a stand or people sit on the fence. But do you, this morning, sit on the fence? Do you, would you rather take the easy way out? Would you rather hide away or would you rather make a stand for Christ? Maybe sometimes, myself, maybe sometimes I do sit on the fence or don't reply to something that I should should have done. But do we proclaim God and his word boldly? When Jesus was sending out the twelve in Matthew chapter 10, he says this, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what you will say or how you will say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So it's amazing that God promises to help us and give us the words to say. But where do those words come from? Those words come from God. But they come from a a Christian, a, a believer who has his heart right with God. As we started, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. What is your passion in life? What is your... What do you want to do in life? Do you want to please God or or do you want to please man? But God promises to help us. God promises to give us the words to say, even when we feel weak or inadequate. So none of us know everything about God's word. But we pray that God will reveal reveal that to us and show us how we need to share that with, with others. In a commentary I was reading this week, It says this, it says, When every voice around you screams compromise, surrender, take the easy way out, it takes courage to stand up for the truth of God's word. 
So I'll read that again. When the voice around you, around you screams compromise, surrender, take the easy way out, it takes courage to stand up for the truth of God's word. It certainly does take courage, doesn't it? So will you do this today? Will you, take, will you have courage to stand up for him? So the final point, really, um, is around prayer. Um, and I sort, of, I, I sort of summed this up in one word, really, but it is about us having that relationship with Christ, about being, um, com- I suppose, com- I'm going off, off, off my words now, um, completely consumed by him. You know, is every, every part of your life, is, is every part of your life there to, to bring glory and honor to him? So Ephesians 6 says this, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that wherever I speak, my words may be given to me, uh, given me, so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. That's certainly a prayer for us, for us, isn't it? That I may proclaim Christ fearlessly, no matter what people think of us. Will we stand up for Him? So when we spend more and more time in the presence of God, more and more time in His Word, we will more and more be able to stand up for Him. So how do you come? How do we come into His presence? How do we? Come into his presence every day to daily seek his face. So what does that mean? That means literally seeking his face is coming into his presence. The Hebrew word for presence is translated face. So we need to daily come into his presence, taking away the, the rush of life. And you know, I'm guilty as this at this as well. You know, it, it is getting up in the morning, isn't it, and, and rushing out the door and, and going to work, and you, you know, can completely consume by, by, by work and everything that happens there. And then you're sort of getting home and two-and-a-half-year-old who is tired at this point um, and challenging. And, you know, it's, it's straight into that, isn't it? And it's straight into... This is my life, but... <laughs> um, you know, it, you know, it's straight into a dinner and, and bath and bed and, and then sort of half seven, eight o'clock and you, you, you're exhausted and, and, and that's, that's your day gone and you're tired and you, you, you want to rest and go to bed. Um, and I suppose it, 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 it is a challenge in life, isn't it? It's a challenge of, of how, how busy we are, even people that are reti- Well, people that are retired, not saying even people that are retired, but I am told that people who are retired are busier than now than when they were when they were working. But life is busy, isn't it? Life is hectic. Um, and it, how do we t- seek God's face? How do we come into his presence? Maybe with every part of our life, it does say in, in God's word, doesn't it, that we need to, to pray continually. You know, I've got uh, on my phone it, it, at 7.15 in the morning, it reminds me of different prayers to pray. So I'm, you know, I, leave, I leave work at 7, 7 o'clock in the morning. And so halfway through my journey is, is quarter past seven. So my, my phone goes off and reminds me to pray for different people. Um, but maybe that should go off all the... T- maybe... That's a, that's a bit of an excuse, isn't it, to have, to have that. You know, I should be continually thinking of, 
am I, am I doing what, I, what glorifies God? Am I, am I talking to him in, with, every, with everything that I'm doing? Or do I just get on with normal day life? So, so standing for him is, is really um, in being in a relationship with him, getting to know Christ, getting to know his word, um, and, and really, yeah, just standing up for him because we love him and we love him with, with everything that is, is in us, everything, our whole being, to, to praise him. I've gone off um, my, my notes again. <laughs> um, Yes, to to daily be in his presence with every part of our lives. Does that make sense? Easier easier to do than, easier to say than do. Um, You know, I'm certainly challenging myself in this as well. And and I suppose as you get older, you may, I suppose you you think, life is just so busy, isn't it? It's so hectic. It's, it's, you know, you're constantly sort of trying to, I suppose, thinking what's coming next and what do we need to plan and, you know, Personally, I am a planner, which is really bad because Gemma isn't. But um, you know, Gemma would just would, would go away tomorrow, not camping, Hannah. But um, but Gemma would do would do would do something spontaneously, whereas I would be like, I've got to plan it for a week, or you know, I, I'd, I'd start packing five days before we go, or something like that. You know, um, I don't know what I'm saying now. <laughs> but yeah, life life is busy, isn't it? And I suppose it's just thinking of of how we can continually be in his presence in everything that we are doing but but really answering god's call to our life you know what is what is our will well is it is it god's will or is it is it our will what's what's the desires in life are our 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 are our desires to bring bring glory and honor to him or us are we to please god or man so really coming to a conclusion um, what will you do today? What will you do that's different? What step will you take to maybe come into his presence more, to pray more, to, to, to try and understand his word more? Is your heart right with God? Do you come to him with full surrender? So everything that is in your heart, is it all given to God? Is your whole life given to God? Or just one little part? Do you proclaim Christ fearlessly? Or do you hide away and not say anything and then, and then wish you had said something? Which I very much do. <laughs> Have you got the courage to stand for him, even re- re- forgetting all the, the earthly cost? So this life is, is temporary, isn't it? It doesn't last very long. But what's more important to, that in life it's more important to proclaim Christ. Because as we did in the fun day yesterday, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And I'm sure we know people, colleagues, friends, who, who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal saviour. Maybe there's someone here this morning that doesn't know Jesus Christ or isn't sure. Maybe you're asking this morning, am I going to heaven or am I not? But Jesus Christ is the only way. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Died in my place. Died in our place. Died the most awful of death that, we can, that no one can, can even comprehend. You know, we, can, we can read it on the page or people have made films about it. But my sin put him, put him there. Our sin 
Jesus Christ died for each one of us. So are we, are we pro- proclaiming Christ fearlessly? Forgetting what people think of us, but thinking, well, Jesus Christ died for me. Why am I not sharing that with other people? So why aren't we sharing it? Why am I not sharing Jesus Christ as I, as I should be? So will you step out in faith today to be, as, this, as a passage I've read this morning, be an ambassador for Christ? Will you speak on his behalf? So regardless of that earthly cost, will you stand up for him? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that um, we do have the, the whole complete picture here, or certainly up until um, the prophecy of, of what the end times will be like. And we thank you, Lord, as uh, believers here, that we, can, we, will, we will one day be with you in, in eternity. And we just uh, look forward to that day with no more death, no more crying, no more pain. But Lord, taking this to, into account, help us, Lord, to, to have our hearts right with you. Maybe there's um, someone here today that, that hasn't got their heart right. Maybe it has given part of their life to you and holding something back. Or has never known you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a God who is a God of, of second, third, fourth chances, Lord. But help us, Lord, as we, as we sit here this morning to, to think about our own lives, think about where we are with you and, and where we are um, speaking out for you. Help us, Lord, to have um, courage, to have the words to say um, and certainly the passion for you that someone who we speak to will see something different in us, that the aroma of Christ will really come from us, that they will, people will really notice something that's, that's different, that's set apart for you. Lord, we thank you for your word again, that it is a, a challenge for each one of us. Help us to, to answer that challenge this morning and to step out in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.